Good evening, my name is Yaakov Salman. It's a tremendous chus for me to be here and to be in the presence of the wonderful Rosh Hashiva, Rabbi Lopiansky, who, by the way, we go back a long way, back to the old days on the east side uh, in RJJ. I won't tell you how many years, but it's been a while. So today we're going to find out a little bit more, I think more about Rosh Hashiva and his thoughts about life and his thoughts about maybe himself and about uh, where the Klal Yisrael is going today. Uh, tell me a little bit about the yeshiva. Uh, yeshiva's been involved for 25, 25 years. I'm just picturing it as culture shock in some ways, coming from Yerushalayim to Maryland. Uh, it's not exactly the uh, most obvious transition. Well, since we both went to RJJ, right. so there was a culture shock going one way <laughs> to Yerushalayim. Right. Coming back to Silver Spring was, I guess, uh, sort of, I, I had what to remember. But the truth is, even though the people were not in the yeshiva culture, but there was something very special. I sat there when I came to sort of look around, try out. I sat a day or two in the base medrash there watching the high school boys. And I was very impressed with the earnestness, with the niceness, with something genuine. So even though the, the cultural piece may have been a bit different, but there was something about the type of people that, that grew up there and grow up there that, that made it very special and still very special to me. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Before I came today to do this interview, I mentioned that one of my sons told me that he was reading uh, one of the Rashiva's book and this very popular one, the Ben Torah for Life. Um, what was the idea behind that particular, uh, was there something that happened that spoke to you that said, this is a book that needs to be written or is it, because I don't think there's anything quite like it. So it's interesting. Um, I, I, I'm involved in, in one of the things I was involved in was a publication called Cloud Perspectives. It was put out by Rabbi Moshe um, Bain, Rabbi Moshe Hauer, myself, um, <coughs> Rabbi Yitzhak Adlestein, and Jonathan Rosenblum. And, the, um, and it, it used to have one... Uh, topic that we every few months and we solicit articles on that topic. It's taking a hiatus unfortunately because Ramesha Bain was the real ruach behind it and he wears too many other hats now and so and that's taking the time. We, we had a one of the one of the issues and this was actually Ramesha Bain suggested it was the many demands on a Balbus today. He's expected to bring a Parnassar that could cover tuition and everything. He's expected to build a shul, expected to be part of community, expected to have time for his kids. He's expected to work out. He's expected so many. How do we handle it? And we had, you know, the regular 12, 15 articles. It was, I, I can't tell you how popular it was, how many people downloaded it. We, got, we had a request from France to translate into French because mm -hmm. people want. So I said to myself, you know, that, that means this is something people are looking for. And um, in our yeshiva, it's, it's a very important piece of the puzzle because most of our boys we know will be going into professions and they do schooling on the side and, and so on. And we work with that. It, it, we, we, we don't, our attitude is not, well, we're yeshiva for everybody's going to sit and learn for the rest of their lives. They're, every so often somebody falls out, even if that's 90%. That's not our attitude. Our attitude is everyone's different. And if 80, 90% of the cholesterol, the road is going to be, so we do work with it. We discuss it, we talk. And a lot of, the, of our alumni settling community 
and we keep a kesher and each phase of life you know we go through with you know help with the different issues and so on so it was it was a topic that very much meant a lot to me and uh you know it's it's uh something I, I, i'll share an anecdote with you this morning someone who learned in shiva 20 years ago he's now in his early 40s doesn't live anywhere near the yeshiva called me this person is a very fine person one would not describe him as yeshivish in any stretch of imagination well, he lives in a, a what would be called a matter of community and he's over the last years he's gotten much in, more into learning he was always a serious boy always an emissary person and he's gotten more and more and, he, and his business allows it and he was discussing with me how to prioritize he's learning four or five hours a day with real mm -hmm. learning and and he loves it wow. and it and and I told him you know to to us this is this is what the shiva is about not what the base medish looks like I mean it's wonderful base medish that's that's vibrant and thank god it is that's nice but where do, 20 years hence, wow. where does a boy go? At this morning, and I told him, you know, you gave me tremendous nachas. Sometimes this is, this makes everything worth it because somebody at 42 still feels comfortable to call up and discuss his aliyah ruchnias. And, and again, we're not talking about somebody living, you know, in, in, in Lakewood, Lakewood Nicole. Right. We're talking exactly. about somebody who lives in a, in, a, in, a, in a community that those values are very different than other people's values. And his values are serious and That's a real, a real testimony to the yeshiva. I mean, and maybe... Maybe the Rashiva. I don't know. Maybe. It, it, there are, there are many other people involved, and, <laughs> but, but, but it certainly nice. is something that to, to, to us, it's... Nice. Well, I'll share another cute anecdote. Uh -huh. and I think it's important because this is a topic that's becoming today. It is, it is on the table. Um, we, ha we, we used to have every year an alumni get-together in New York. And we'd invite two of the, of the alumni to speak. It's a, it was informal, it was a lot of, you know, kind of just sitting around tables and we'd invite them to speak on the topic of um, being out there, the challenges, the accomplishments, you know, their life. And one of them, who was a very nice guy, but I, I wouldn't say he was the, the chief of the, the you know, top of yeshiva, he was a nice kid, told me, you know, when I was in yeshiva, I was an okay kid. He said, in my workplace, I'm the chief rabbi. And then he imitated Stanley, how much shiv I got to do for my dog. <laughs> and, and, and he expressed it really well. And, and he, he said, I realized that, you know, 99% of, of Jews to me, I'm the, I'm, I'm, I'm the married husband. And anyone I come in contact with, I, I've, I've got to be able to, A, show an example and, right. and be able to somehow connect. Um, how much shiva do you need for a dog? <laughs> Depends if it's a Jewish dog or not. Ah. <laughs> and if you're related. All kinds. <laughs> what? All kinds. Let's speak a bit about, the, about Kla Yisrael a little bit and, overall and, and, and where we're holding. Uh, I wondered if, if we could talk about our problems a little bit. Um, uh, I've, I've asked this to a number of people about what they think the, uh, the Kla Yisrael... Uh, our our biggest problem is today, and there we have our share of, of struggles and challenges in so many ways. There's a lot of different uh, things that we're we're trying to do better at. But if you had to choose one thing, you think that 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 is most important for us to 
uh, overcome or to do better at. What would your Shiva say about our, our, the biggest problem that we really overall need to face? I don't sound pretentious. I'm running, not running Kalisov, not running the world, but I'll tell you something that is that that I'm beginning to to feel more and more, and um, maybe it's a chance to be able to speak it over, because we come from the same place. Okay. Um, the world we came from, learning in yeshiva was not the derech hamelech. Right. Um, you know, going to RJJ, doing smicha, and going to city college was kind of to the extreme, almost the extreme right of <laughs> of, of the of the. Uh, that, that, I mean, you know, going to yeshiva high. Anyone who, the, the level of Shemir Samitzvahs that we have in every way is, was almost, that, that, that wasn't the 60s and the 50s. Right. Um, so any one of us that are here where we are, we had to accelerate. Somewhere along the way, we had a push that told us there's Torah, there's being Ben Torah, there's, there's Halacha. We made a change, which was a revelation, an acceleration, mm -hmm. something of that nature. A leap. A leap. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and we have to connect somewhere. Something connected and changed our lives. Right. That's what happened to us. Today, you walk in to Lakewood, Baruch Hashem, 10,000 people learning in places, or how many thousand, whether it's 10 or 9 or 11, same thing, and so on. And we say to ourselves, it's wonderful. But is, is the car, is the engine on, or are we still, are we coasting? A train that you see a train roaring down, but the engine is shut. So it's, it looks very impressive, but it'll stop someplace. It's very hard for us, the circumstances forced either or. If you didn't go that route, you ended up in a secular college and pr probably just kind of faded out. So you have to make a change. And to us, it's, it's, it's a very real emotional uh, event, the, the coming. So is that happening today to a person who grows up in the system and gets carried along with the system? Um, in Etzisrael, especially where even the, the younger yeshivas start at 16, at that is, in other words, they, after they finish what we would call elementary school, they have Yeshiva Ketani, that's three years. In Yeshiva Ketani, you still have a, a, a Rebbe relationship of one on 20, one on 30. Then you go to Yeshiva Gdola, which could be one on a thousand. No sense that you have to speak about any issues. No sense that you're trying to inspire somebody because everybody is going whole learning and everybody is, is, is doing well and essentially booming. But I think that that, that leaves, it's, so it's really in a certain sense coasting. There's no internal, if you took one and asked them, why are you here? The guy would look like crazy. Well, because that's where you are. And, and so at this junction, things look good. But what's further down the road? We had COVID derailed us. And all of a sudden, the, the engine, you know, it wasn't running. And, and all of a sudden, so much stuff. So, so they have all these statistics, 30% of the whatever the statistics are, I, I don't know. But, but all of a sudden, there was no engine and, and there, was no, there was no way, no place to coast. It stopped coasting. The engine didn't kick in. And to me, that's, that's, the, that's an issue. So uh, if I may 
if I may quote Mark Twain yeah. for a moment, uh, which I liked very much when he said once, uh, the two most important days of your life are the day you were born and the day you find out why. Uh, it sounds like Roshiva is saying something like that, that we may, we may be doing more learning than ever, but if we don't know why, there's something seriously missing. Correct. Uh, correct, and and the right way to uh, express it, if I may take a few minutes to say it, a derech, a a dvar Torah type. Mm -hmm. uh, but I spoke at my oldest son's bar mitzvah, and I thought a lot about what his bar mitzvah was like, my bar mitzvah, and I said the first Jew, the first commandment to the first Jew was lech lecha, go seek look. What about the second Jew? I mean, the next generation. I mean, we're here. So, are we going to, is every generation going to be a Balchuva? I mean, we're supposed, we're here, we found it. So, what's the, what's the charge to stay in the same place? That's to stagnate. So, what is the charge for the second generation? So, I told them Yitzchak took the silt out of the wells of Avram and broadened them and deepened them. Every person internally is not there. Internally, he, 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 there's a lot of avoda. We, we, the way the system is created, we can only go deeper. So we are here. Yes, we're in the yeshiva. This is the right place. This is the right setup. But where are you? And avoda samusa is a personal avoda. It's, it's to bring out your feelings, your understandings, your connections. That, if, if, we, if we had a more serious perspective on that, then... It's, it's an avod of every generation. As I told him, your, your, your tafkid is not to go somewhere else, but to find something else in the same wells that were dug. My wells are dry for you, and you need to dig further. And that's possible in each generation to do. Um, I, so I, I think that that's, that's a, the, the understanding that we have to create a system that every generation needs to dig into themselves and to find a chiddush in themselves, a personal chiddush, their desires, their hopes, their aspirations, things of that nature, that I think is, is, is what we need to do. So what, so what, what are, we spoke about the, the problems, but what, what, what might be the, our greatest achievement then in the last 25 years or so? Um, we're not what we were 25 years ago either, nor Shiva's now in the yeshiva 25 years, maybe yeah. it's a, a moment to look back. What's what's the what's our our best achievement? Do you think? I think going back to to the issue raised about the Torah for life, people are looking, and the, the response of people who really care. And I've spoken to so many people who share to me um, a lot of their a lot of their emotions. But let me tell you two people who shared emotions, I, I won't go into details, but they both are in certain businesses where they asked me, are these really constructive businesses? Mm -hmm. Am I being also be shuvah mm -hmm. And they agonized over it. And I was very, very nispoiled that mm -hmm. people have that sensitivity. Right. And we have actually a door that there are so many people that have care a lot. I want to tell you uh, um, something about the mirror. Um, the Mishiva where Nassim Tzvi did all the fundraising himself and basically killed himself. 
I mean, I don't know how to say it nicer. That's, that's After he was Nifta, a group of people took over. And there's a group of 30, 40 alumni who are successful themselves, who spent two, three months in the winter before their dinner, going from door to door and fundraising. I mean, let's telephone call to telephone call, but they go to door. The idea that people have that in themselves is astounding. There's a lot of his iris in the cloud. And I think if we find a way how to channel it, how to harness it, I'm in awe of that. You know, every time when a person comes in with questions like that and, and, and discussions, when he's after 10, 20 years that he's really, you know, kind of just busy, mm -hmm. and, and there's so much there um, waiting to, um, you know, he's still, he's still struggling with right and wrong. I'm in awe. And I think that that's an asset that we have. Our generation has a tremendous asset. Mm -hmm. That's beautiful. Yeah. Well, she even mentions this, uh, this term, Bentaira. Yeah. I'm wondering if we can shoot for a definition. How, if the Rashiva was stopped on the street and asked, give me a definition of a Bentaira. So first what, I would sell would my copy of the book. That was, you know, <laughs> <laughs> Only one? Only one. <laughs> No, I, 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 so I would say it, it's a, person's, a person whose actions are a product of an idea, an ideal. In other words, when a person does halacha, when a person does what the rabbi told him to do, it's really sporadic. You know, the rabbi told him to, to do this, I do this, do this, this. Even if I faithfully keep it, I'm doing just particular maizim. If a person knows and understands the halachic structure, if a person knows and understands the, 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 the deeper um, moral um, imperatives, the deeper um, understanding of what, what's happened to him as he doing this mitzvah, th that's how I would describe. So a person who has Torah in his head and his mind, when he acts, he's acting out of understanding rather than just following orders. Um, I, I, um, I always give an example. If let's say somebody came from a country that has no cars, I know it's hard to find a country like that today, but you know, from a jungle, something like Amazon, and he needed to learn how to drive a car. Now, somebody, this guy has a fabulous memory, and somebody would tell him, um, when you see this happen, turn this. When you see this happen, press this, and so on. And the guy would memorize the instructions to a right. So he could drive the car, but not really drive the car. He has no idea why doing this makes any change. He, he's clueless. He doesn't know what goes on inside his little demons. As far as he's concerned, he has no idea. Right. So he's not really driving a car. It, it is following specific instructions. A person who learns, understands. Um, so everything he does is, flows from that. And, and, and in my mind, that's, that, that's how I would describe a Ben Torah. Whatever he does is an offspring of the, of the Torah that he knows and understands. Would the Roshiva take a stab at, at defining a, a good marriage? Um, so I would say a good marriage is the understanding that there is a different person that you have to um, care for. And the word different, first of all, you're a man or a woman, and your other is a man or a woman, 
um, is the opposite gender. Th those are two different mindsets. And HaKadosh Baruch Hu said, Lo because to be able to deal with someone that you don't really get it, but you know that's the other person, that's critical. No two people, as much as you try to match them to be alike, people are different by definition. And the ability to say for him or for her, this is important and it's my responsibility and it's, 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 this is my tafkid to make sure that the other person has what he or she needs. That I think, the, all the wonderful talk about, you know, together, that's, it's true. But the real, the real point of it is there is an other person. And being able to understand that, I think, is, is, is the key for, for everything. And I, I really believe that's the Pshat Neposil Tova Yosa Adam Levado. Because Levado doesn't mean company. It means if I'm just about myself, then everything has to be like I want it. And, and I, don't get the, I don't get it that there's another person who's different. And for that person, this is critical, this is needed. And it makes me so much of a bigger person that I can encompass another person with their needs and, and opportunities. Let's talk uh, just a few minutes about uh, COVID because she even mentioned before we're going through such an, an incredible right. time now and people... I'm sure even if I hadn't mentioned it, you would still yeah, talk about it. suffering in some ways and it's, yeah. uh, it's paramount in everyone's mind, uh, so to speak. Um, I'm coming from, from Lakewood, and uh, it's very different than in Maryland, I think. And wherever you go, everyone has their own idea, their own shitas, and their own, and, and everybody's right, of course. So, but the, the idea, and being also a mental health professional, I'm, I'm concerned, and I see that just having a lockdown is not push it. It's not simple. There is a there's a price that we're paying for that, and especially as it goes now, six months, eight months, uh, maybe longer, Baruch Hashem, we have vaccines coming. But it, it seems like, you know, we are paying a heavy price for all this, uh, all the corrections that we are putting in or, or protections that we're putting into place. Does Shiva have any, any thoughts about, about that and how, what we're doing and, and is it right? So there is no absolute right or wrong answer. Um, obviously, it's, it's um, only things that have a definite answer. You know, chemistry has a right and wrong because um, either, the, either these two materials will react or they won't react. There are no surprises in, in chemical experiments unless there's some impurity. In biology, not every medication works always for every person the same way. It's much more complex. In psychology, I'm sure you know, a lot of what you learned is very important, but you can't just apply it mindlessly. Sure. Um, so people need to understand, first of all, decisions always means weighing one against the other and accepting difficulties. And somehow there's a feeling, and I guess a lot of the stories we read are oversimplified stories, that if you go to the right Rebbe and he has the right gematria, you get the answer that's perfect. There are no perfect answers in these things. Um, and I think just knowing that it's always a compromise, and I'm talking about 
even the secular government, it, it, there, there is no great answer over here. A, we don't even know the facts so well, how much exposure will create, how much danger of how many people. Maybe no matter what you do, the people at high risk will get it anyway. Or maybe if you're very strict, what happens if you kill the economy? So at the end of the day, there's going to be a, a, a weighing of sides and make a decision. The, the real issue, I think, is we don't have the mechanism where a society can follow directions. I'm talking about the firm world. Um, it's, 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 if you take a look, the two countries that were the most successful, and not in a good way, but they were the most successful in the last century, were Germany and Japan. Germany and Japan almost conquered the world. Um, you know, again, we're talking about pure evil, but they almost conquered the world. They were smashed, and then they rose to become, within a few short years later, they became an empire. Uh, arguably, Germany and Japan, in many ways, are the economic powerhouses of the world. So we have China, but, but, it, but, but these are... And the, 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 I think one of the characteristics of them as a country, as a nation, is following orders. Now, it's what let them down the hole to Gehenna, but it what allowed them to rebuild and to build as a nation and to be so powerful. Because you can act as a group and in, in many ways, in incredible ways, if every piece, like an army, the difference between an army and a corporation, an army is incredibly more efficient and, and, it, can, and it can do great things. It, it, it also has the problems that an army has. So um, the, the fact that our communities and that everybody's a chacham in his own eyes and everybody does what he thinks is right, basically makes it um, useless because what, what happens is people will somewhat follow what, what's recommended. Then somebody will say it's stupid and silly. Somebody's going to say it's a conspiracy. Somebody's going to say bedafka and then you get a mishmash with the, with, with the worst of all worlds. So we don't have school, but everybody's walking around without a mask. And, and, it, and, and, and it's, 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 it has, to me, that's the most disheartening part of it is that you don't have the, um, you don't have the sense that decisions A, are imperfect. No decision is going to be great. Yes, the doctors do not know everything, but they know a bit more than you do. Yes, there's nothing that will stop COVID, but something will bring down the percentages. Yes, there's a price to pay for it, and somebody's got to make a decision, and, and, and there's no right or wrong. But the only thing that could be wrong is if everybody makes their own decision, and then you have just, just a mishmash of it. Um, I don't know, you know in, in, in terms of the a country, but in terms of our community, I don't know the answer to that. It's something which is... We don't have a Masoris for working as a group. Hasidic, strong Hasidic, they're able to do it. So they have the strength to do it, and whatever they decide to do, they do. But we don't. I don't know. It's it's something that... But I think this is the Achilles heel of of the whole thing. Everyone spoke Hashkafically, certainly when it started coming out. And I remember the Roshiva's... A uh, beautiful article in Mashiach that yeah. uh, I think it made a big hit. It was very important. Uh, but everybody had this his iris, 
and uh, what's the message, and we're all going to change. And is Rosh Hashiva seeing that people are are changed from this? And if not, why not? What is? Why wouldn't something like this change people? So, I think that. I'll, it's a hard I'll, question. <laughs> well, let me tell you uh, again an anecdote that I heard from a chav of mine many years ago. And I think it, it, it's sort of a, a cute uh, story of sorts. Um, he said there was a, a person, was a young fellow was schlepping, was schlepping stuff on a mule across the mountains in, in Kentucky, West Virginia, wherever you, you know, pick a place where the real... And the mule stops. And he pushes it and punches it and pulls it and skatenish. He's that kid's an old Zuckin mule leader walks by. And he says to my son, what's the problem? He says, well, he's not moving. I've pushed it and pulled it. He says, no, he says, you got to talk very gentle to a mule. He says, <laughs> so he takes a big, big um, four, two by four, and he bangs it across the, the back of the mule. <laughs> and, and, and he says, you said you got to speak very gentle. Yeah. He says, but first you got to get its attention. <laughs> So yeah. I think it, 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 this, this, this gave, it, 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 it woke everybody up, but this, this wild hysteria of therefore, so we're going to do the, there's no, there's no um, seichel dicker reason, how can I change? You can't change radically. And, and everybody at Shuva, we don't have a record of Lamed Vav Tzadikim come out of Ninveh. Whatever it was, they staved off the Xardin. But what, what change could work? I mean, everyone's shooken up, so it's a good opportunity. But so we've got everybody's attention. But now you got to talk softly. You got to talk reasonably. You got to impress the 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 of some small steps and where you're going and why you're going. So I'm I'm, I'm worried that you know my wife always says that you know people's chasins are going to change and simchas are going to change that. I believe not, because it's a slippery slope. So yeah, right now you're making your backyard with, with everybody gets a little package of cookies, fine. But tomorrow, it's gone. So maybe the day after they're not going to work at a fancy wedding, but two days afterwards for sure. Um, so, so because there's no, nobody says now let's do it this way, and this is how we're going to get the message across to the tzibur. They'll As soon as there's one or two people that do it the way they feel like doing it, then, then, then it just the dam breaks and everything goes back. So, I'm unfortunately not optimistic. There's also, um, I find that there's a, there's a tremendous amount of anxiety that people have, a lot from Corona. Uh, there are other the political scene is creating a tremendous amount of anxiety. Uh, people are worried. People are indecisive. People are are, are nervous about about everything almost and um i'm just i'm just wondering is the answer to those types of things i mean we speak about bitachon as the answer is is that it is that the the answer that we should be working on and if so how would Rashiva suggest that 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 we work on our bitachon so the answer is bitachon but not what you think it is okay and Again, I'll, 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 I'll tell asked. a story. I'll tell a story from the Briskarov that to me is the model of what Bitochen is and what's not. The Briskarov was in Warsaw 
during the outbreak of World War II. The Germans bombed Warsaw um, for a few days and then rolled in and took over. So there was a big to-do. Either they knew they were going to bomb or they started bombing. You could stay in a building which was targeted, but it offered somewhat protection. Um, unless you took a direct hit, at least would. You could be in the field someplace, which wasn't targeted much, but it. Um, but if, you, if, if there was a bomb anywhere near you, you were no struck protection. down. So people know what to do in the Esbiskarov. Should we stay in the building? Or go there? Yeah, which one? Which? The Rav agonized the question. He was oismentary, agonized, agonized, agonized it. He couldn't reach a decision, and he said, Wherever the bombing catches you, stay there. Then the bombing started, and everybody was jittery, and everybody was nervous. The Rav was calm as a cucumber. And someone asked him, Briska Rav, yesterday you were a nervous wreck. And today, where everybody's a nervous wreck, you're calm. He said, yesterday, I had to make a decision. The Torah places on me the responsibility to decide the fascists. I, I, I don't know what to do first. Today, it's Biyad Hashem. So if Hashem wants, we shouldn't live, so we're not going to live. Hashem wants to live, we'll live. The responsibility is not mine. You know, Bitochen is not Hashem will do it the way I want to do it. A person needs to understand what's my obligation and what's his doing. And, and there are many other stories about the Rishkarov like that. Rishkarov was, was, you know, the stories about his being a nervous wreck um, are legendary. But there are quite a few stories where once there was a point of no return or it wasn't possible, it was gone. In other words, a person needs to say, my job in this world is to do what I need to do. And those where I have responsibilities to act, I, I should be I should be very very tense about it, but once that's gone, then it's beyond Hashem. We're, we're all going to die someday. It's beyond Hashem, and what He decides and how He decides is Him. And and the fact that Pranos is, is is from Hashem is a, is one. The fact that I have a chiyuv and I'm responsible for feeding myself and my wife and children is me. And I need to be able to compartmentalize it tremendously. So, um, yes, this shows us, the, the event shows us that nothing that we understand or know until now, we can't be confident about anything. But the other hand is, um, I don't need the things that are Biyad Hashem are Biyad Hashem. And, and my, my, ultimate, my ultimate success is not measured by what I did, but rather, did I do what I was given to do? It's, there's no absolute, if, if, if I was very, very successful, that's, it, the question is, with the things you were given, how well did you do? And it would be helpful. The things that we can't do, we weren't given to do. And it shouldn't, it should, you know, a real, a person who's a real balavot, a person who has real bitachin, the things that are not in his hand, don't bother him. That's what we talk is not that I think okay, but life and death and parnasa is Hashem's call. So let's whatever I think is Hashem's call is, is not to do with me. Whatever is me is me. 
with the brisker rav, it's fascinating. Yeah. What you're saying is fascinating. Would the, would, would the brisker rav be wrong, so to speak, to say that on the, the first day when he has to decide, would he be wrong to say that, that Hashem Yazar, he's going to give me the, the right decision, whatever it may be. And I, I, I don't have to worry about, I can't, economy, I'm dealing with nefashas, but why can't the brisker rav say, but when dealing with such a big thing, I'm sure Kodesh Baruch is going to guide me in the proper direction to give me the right thing to say and the right decision to make. Isn't, isn't that also part of Bitachin? It's sometimes, unfortunately, it tends to replace um, my responsibilities. It's like I tell Bachram in yeshiva sometimes, there's some very big Bali Bitachin yeshiva, <laughs> They say that if Hashem wants me to come to Minyan, He'll find a way to get me to Minyan no matter what, even if I'm in bed and you know, and so on. So they have their Balabitochen. I, I put on an alarm clock and I, and, and I push myself, but they had their Balabitochen. I think the Rav's point was too often that type of complacency um, becomes, um, it becomes an excuse. Um, it, it's something where, you know, it, so. My business, I'm a nervous wreck. How I'm going to get matzah little vesik? Hashem will probably help. So, so the rav is realigning for us where. So, Akash so did give us to make decisions somewhere along the line. It's like Rosh Hashanah. You know, we have this dilemma Rosh Hashanah. It says in Halacha, we treat it as a yomadin and as a yontif, right. and and we want the person to daven with the intensity of his life and death. And when he finishes. He needs to go home and say it's right. yomtiv. So, so it's it's that same. Klaliso was given the ability to to be able to to integrate both of them. Right. I'm going to make one more push, please. Well, because it's it's a central central point. Um, so I'm not questioning whether the briskerov has to make the decision and how important that is. But it sounds like he was he was nervous and he was worried. You know, like why would that come into play? Why can't he feel okay? I'm going to work hard and and take in all of the different details and facts and whether it field or the building, etc. But in terms of nervous, I'm not going to be nervous about it because they still will guide me. I mean, so I think the way you're putting it, I think the answer lies there. If the issue was um, that I should live or I should say the right thing or whatever it is then you're right, Shem will do it. But the issue is HaKadosh Baruch Hu gave me a chiyuv to rack my brain, go through Shulchan Aruch, verify the facts, be Amul Batora, and to come up with a decision in the fascist that's right. The fact that HaKadosh Baruch Hu has to fix my mistakes is, is a problem for me. It's like it says by, in Chayish Mishpat that Hashem says, you're being matriach me to repay that person. If you mess up in din, then I'm the one who has to pay for your mistake because the person will get his money back. But you know, it's the, 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 what we interpret as nervousness is, is the intensity of fulfilling his responsibilities. Dachem wants me as the briskarov to decide uh-huh. what is, how to save ourselves. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So and that's why he was the briskarov. Uh-huh. <laughs> It leads me to to the uh, to the big question, yeah. the question of of, of tzaddik v'ralei. Uh, there's a lot of suffering 
and people who are lonely feel that, and they feel that it's not justified, and, and there's a benevolent God, but, you know, why does he cause such suffering in, in the world, and, and, and the righteous suffer? The, the big question, is there a certain mahalach, a certain way that uh, Rashiva handles that question? I'm sure Rashiva has been faced with that for people who are looking for the answers to that. The big question. So I think this is a question that you can answer only if the person feels you understand the question. In other words, if a person is suffering and you come along with an answer and the person feels that your answer is because you don't know what it's like. There's an old, there's a story where somebody came to Rebbe and told him he's suffering and he says, Oy, it's a simen, Hashem loves you. Oy, Hashem says, Rebbe, when will Hashem start loving you a little bit? So if a person, if a person's reaction is kind of um, canned and so on, you need to be able to absorb the person's pain till you feel it as much as you can, or else if you're trying to comfort him with an answer, that answer is not going to comfort him because it's coming from a lack of understanding him emotionally. Um, in terms, the, the only, in terms of how, I guess, to picture it best or to sort of get to feel best, um, I remember in school when we learned that the world is a globe, it's a ball, and every map is going to have a distortion. You're going to have a map where the size is distorted, the distance, or you have these orange wedges. You, can't, you cannot take a three-dimensional object and flatten it. You can flatten it out and get some information, but you're never seeing the right picture. The way we understand that Kaddish Baruch in us is our mind is two-dimensional, let's say, and God's is three, or, you know, whatever, just using it as a... Right, it's not the same. Right, so we can say to Rutsim here and there, we really need to recognize the boundaries of what we don't understand. And, 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 and so we need to deal with what we can understand and say, just like there's a rhyme and reason for everything in the world, the world, the, 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 the mechanism of the world is so complex and so well um, done. I, was listening, I mean, you listen to, to lectures on anatomy and say, wow, it's amazing what evolution did. Look what evolution did. It's amazing that evolution did this. And if there was this, and you know, just I saw myself, I would never tamper with Mother Nature. Mother Nature was So th this is, is tens and tens of hours of, of lectures. And so we don't use the word Mother Nature, we use Hashem. And I don't know, you know, I, I always, I was one night, instead of evolution, why don't you use the word mistake? Like, because that's what it is, really. Evolution is a series of mistakes that, that stay around. But everything is so well planned out and so well crafted. And yet, and, and, and so many things in human life are tremendous ashkacha, and so many things are, as I say, in Evrit Alapanim. So we need to say we see two dimensions. We'll never, until the day comes when we're in a place where you can see three dimensions, we won't understand it. But we do understand that we have a tachlis and a tafkid to navigate it to the best of our abilities, and someday we'll understand it from all sides. That's the only thing I could, I could, I could honestly offer a person, and honestly understand myself. There's a story from the Breslava, beautiful vart. Someone wrote him a letter that he's suffering terribly, tremendously. Surim, they are totally, they, they, they're totally beyond understanding, beyond comprehension. So the Bresa wrote back to him and he said, how fortunate you are, because if they were comprehensible, 
all you would have is a comprehension. Now you have Hashem. Mm -hmm. In other words, in a type of suffering where you could understand why this happened, this happened, so it's mechanical. There's nothing deeper to it and there's no deeper message to it. Here, it, it, you, you're, there's something greater. And yes, but in this, in this, in, in this abyss of incomprehensibility, that's what Kaddish Baruch is. It, it requires tremendous kohs nefesh and omeka nefesh, but, but um, that's, that's the only thing that, that I think I can honestly say. I remember an old man once said to me, he said, if, if I understood God, I would be God. Yes. <laughs> was, and he, was, he, had a, he had a clarity about what he was saying. Yes. So he was very much at peace, no matter what was happening in his life. Somehow you don't see that today. People don't accept the fact that they don't understand or that they have limitations because we're so advanced. And look, I think Corona it taught was, us that when... Right, right. We're not as smart as we thought we were. Uh, not nearly <laughs> as smart as we thought. And there's plenty that we don't know. Maybe that's one of the important messages of Corona. Yes, definitely. That, you know, we're, we know we're, we're, we're helpless. And that's, uh, we forgot that, that we're really helpless. Yeah. And we've always been, really. And, and, you know, Kashmir grants us wisdom and ability, but at, his, at the pace that he grants it to us, yes. Right, symptom. <laughs> yeah. Uh, final question. Uh, a statement about uh, the future. Um, uh, what does it look like in terms of uh, where, where are we headed? Uh, it's very difficult to prognosticate, but uh, where do you see Claudius Yisrael, let's say, uh, 25 years from now, uh, the year uh, 2045. Uh, what what, would it, what what is that? What do you think we will look like then? A little play, a little science fiction. <laughs> so, I, I think we have we have a concept of dor dor la dor, generation generation. I think generation is marked by the it's it's like a cross section, and a distinct cross section. I think every generation, until Moshiach comes, will have certain assets that previous generation didn't have and challenges that they didn't have. Uh, today, like you said, we have this amount, of this amount of learning, this and that. We have technology and an ability to sit still and so on. I, I don't, the one thing I, I think we should learn from the cross sections of generations is that's how Kashmir was working. He brings different challenges to different generations. Thinking of it linear, just projecting where we are, my belief in Ashkacha is that every new generation will have its challenges and its, its tools to deal with it. There'll be struggles, there'll be people that will fall off, and then we'll regroup and become again. Look, at, go back generations. The Haskalah came and almost destroyed us in terms of Yiddishkeit. And then we regrouped and we began to realize we could outthink them, people like you who, who deal in Kirov, and you're able to muster all the tools of science to deal with that. You had the secular Zionism, which came and threatened to drown a religious Jewry, and Eretz Yisrael became the Mokum Torah. And you know, we, we, a lot of people left and things happened. And, and now it's again, I, I think I have no idea 
I, I believe that all the Kaddish Baruch Hu is unveils challenges. We it's like it's like disease. Once we develop antibodies, we move on. It's not static. So I have no way of predicting except there will be challenges. Unless Mashiach's going to come, that generation will have its own tools and its own challenges. Our challenges will look meek or yesterday compared to where they will be. And they'll have tools we don't have and they'll have their struggles. That's what I really believe is, is, is the process. If you look at history, generation, they had the philosophers that came, you know, in, in the early times, we've shown them the Rambam and that almost derailed a big part of Christ. So we regrouped. Um, there, there was each, each segment, um, the Hatshapsi Tzvi and the false messiah movements that killed Franks and, 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 and so on. I believe that's the union of Dor Dor. Each Dor has what it's supposed to accomplish against its challenges, just like every person has. And the only thing I can predict about the future is unpredictable. And, 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 there's a re- and, and there's a reason for that. It's not linear. It's, it's segments, mm-hmm. segments of a shlemus. I've enjoyed this conversation very mm-hmm. much. And it's I, uh, good I, to reconnect. And I learned a lot. I learned a lot. And I'm going to chazer over and, uh, <laughs> and learn even more. I want to tell the people who are sitting here at the dinner how fortunate you are to have Rosh Hashiva like this and uh, who is, as his, described his father-in-law is thought out. I think what you're watching and what you've experienced, and you're very fortunate that you have this chus to have Rashiva who is thought out. And uh, doesn't just say things uh, off the cuff, but he has great ideas and ideas that are uh, deeply founded. They have a tremendous depth to them, which uh, comes across and it's also tremendous care. And I may bracha to you that you should be able to to utilize the, the kaychus of the Rashiva to its greatest extent and uh, have nachas from your children, and uh, you should be zaychet to build, have banim, ubnei banim, oiskim betayra, uva mitzvahs, al Yisrael, shalom, and have a good night. Amen.